Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Tyler Jensen with me. Tyler founded Vavi Sport and Social Club in 2002. He's also the founder of the startup Garage. Welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here, Tyler. Can you tell our audience what Vavi Sport and Social Club is? Yeah, Vavi is a uh, intramural mural sports for adults. So uh, it's kickball leagues, softball leagues, uh, tennis leagues, golf leagues, uh, over 35 different sports uh, based here in San Diego. Okay, and... Um I just watched the video and uh, you know on the site and it just really well explains all the different sports and everything. But it seems like that it's more than just sports; it's more of a community as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so you know, when I uh, moved out, to, I went to college in Virginia and I moved out to San Diego about fifteen, thirteen years ago or so, and um, was really looking to build a community out here and wanted to do it in a way other than just going out to um, you know nightclubs, and so. I realized that sports was a great way to build a community uh, of people, and uh, I've, I'm not the best athlete. I enjoy sports, but I'm by no means a, a, a great athlete, and so uh, recreational sports seemed to be a great uh, uh, way to do that, and I looked around, and I really didn't see someone doing it well, so I uh, decided to start Vavi um, to fill that need. So was that really the need that you you got here to San Diego and you just didn't see anything like it uh, at all in the market? Have you seen anything like that outside of San Diego anywhere? Absolutely. There's a a number of sport and social clubs around the country. And um, we actually saw that Chicago has one as well. And and, um, we randomly, my original um, founding partner, um, randomly ended up having dinner with somebody from Chicago, and they suggested us take a look at their their business. And San Diego didn't have one, and we really loved it. And so um, the, that that night, we decided to uh, start the business. And the next morning, got together and, and and started putting the pieces together to get things moving out here. So let's talk about the challenges during the first twelve months, especially because that's when most people quit business. You know, they start, they get excited, and there are all these difficulties, and they just say, "You know what? This is just too much." So let's talk about what were some of the greatest challenges you were faced with during the first year of business. Yeah, I mean, I think that most of the challenges are are, are personal challenges because the business isn't that far developed, and so. Um, one of the challenges that I faced, you know, was really, and I think it's common among most entrepreneurs, is uh, I didn't really put into place a pay my bills plan before I started. I just thought the money, the company would start making money really quickly, and I could, you know, pay myself a salary. And the reality is that 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 wasn't true, and isn't true for most startups. And um, so I struggled for a while to figure out how to just pay my bills while still having time to uh, get the business started. Uh, that was probably the, the biggest one. And then just not knowing, you know, waking up and knowing that I needed to do things, but really just not knowing how to do them. That was probably the other biggest challenge as well. What about um, having no brand in the community and, and explaining people and even the concept? Because you said you haven't seen any club like that in San Diego. So it was something new. And not only that you start a business, but you're starting something that it hasn't really been done here locally. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Um, I did something by out of necessity. 
Um, but it turned in, looking back now, it was um, uh, probably one of the best things I ever decided to do. Um, in order to get the name of the brand out there, we had we didn't have any capital. We started the whole company with about $2,000. And so our, our marketing plan was to print up some flyers and go out to the beach and hand out flyers one-on-one and have conversations with people that we thought would be in our target market. And, um, you know, that's obviously not a very effective or scalable uh, marketing strategy. It's, it's, you know, it's extremely time and energy intensive and, and uh, not, not very scalable. But um, by doing that, I, one, we got their first, you know, couple hundred people interested, which was the hardest. And having those conversations, I really, what I thought was true and what I thought people would be interested in, I got to learn by, uh, you know, the, by their questions that they asked and by the feedback I got from the way that I presented the company. I really got to learn over those conversations of the first few months how to present the brand in a way that would really resonate with uh, potential uh, customers. And so whenever I, you know, start a new business now, I always go and talk to a whole bunch of customers about it and pitch it to a whole bunch of people one-on-one to, to really learn about the brand and getting the message out in the right way. Do you remember back then when you were just handing out flyers and talking with people, some things that surprised you or something that you thought you know was the opposite of what you assumed before you actually talked to your market? Hmm. That's a great question. That was a long time ago, so I'm having to. I know you're talking about 2003. <laughs> uh, you know, before that, ten yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I nothing really rings a bell at right this second. Okay, I can think about it, and if something pops up later, I can. I yeah. Can, you know, I, I I just I'm interested because you know today everybody's talking about the lean startup and the lean brand and the lean entrepreneur, and they're always talking about to build your brand, build your company, build you know everything with the customer in mind, and always constantly talk to the customer as you do it, you know. And I just thought maybe, but you know, it was a long time ago, so uh, we'll, we'll, maybe we will come back to that. Now you grew. Vavi to 25,000 members in six years. And I mean, that is a tremendous number. You know, it's not something where they just click and put in an email address. You know, this is, this is kind of the old fashioned way of building a business. So what was your growth strategy aside from, you know, uh, handing out flyers? Was it more of a viral thing or what, what, what helped you to take for the business to take off like that? Yeah, well, at different stages, we had different methods that worked the best. And obviously, the flyer is what was accessible to us in the first, you know, uh, probably year. Um, and then, uh, believe it or not, uh, this was a time where MySpace was still around and effective. And so we we did um, some marketing on MySpace that, that helped build the community as well. Um, and then, you know, there was – we tried a whole bunch of different marketing techniques – um, but we ended up signing one deal with uh, 24-hour fitness gyms, where there were, I think, 25 gyms around San Diego. And they agreed to put posters up in all of their gyms around town around our sport and social club. Uh, in exchange, we would give them some advertising um, uh, to our members. And really, that set us over that, like, tipping point um, locally here where, it, you know, it, it – it, it became something that not something that we struggled to tell people about, but you know, all of a sudden people knew about it within a couple of weeks of moving here. If they're uh, just moving to town, someone would tell them, Oh, Hey, check out Bobby. It's a great way to meet new people. 
um, and those types of things. And once we reach that critical mass, um, everyone that plays in the leagues would get a T-shirt. And um, those T-shirts were branded. And so at any given night after the leagues, they'd all go out to, to bars. And so, you know, we'd have 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people um, going out um, to happy hour after the game with one of our branded T-shirts on. And so after a while, it just became our marketing supported itself, and we had to do a lot less marketing. So as you can see, the, it kind of evolved over time. Okay, so partnering with 24-Hour Fitness was a big, big, uh, big plus for you guys. Absolutely, uh, it was a game changer. Yeah, yeah. Now, how did how did uh, Vavi make money? Um, was was it a membership uh, thing, or was it through the uh, actual events? Uh, can you get into that a little bit? Yeah, it was an event-driven mo- business model. So people paid to play a sport. Um, you know, we had the sports leagues and so it was, it ranged from like, you know, 50 to a hundred dollars per league. And that would get you in about an eight week league. Um, we also had social events. We had a big, uh, new year's party or have a big new year's party and, um, did some, tried some trips out at different times as well. We would go to like Vegas or camping and things like that, like that as well. And they were all event driven. Um, and then there was also some advertising revenue, um, as well. Uh, partnering with uh, advertisers that wanted to, uh, you know, get the word out to our our customers. And then and then you sold uh, Vavi, right? Uh, I, what what year was that? It was January of 2008. And can you talk about how much you sold it for, or how much you were generating with Vavi at the time you sold it? Yeah, I can. I'm I'm contractually not allowed to talk about all the the details of it, but. What is public about it was um, it was a small business still, but it was doing just over a million in revenue when I sold it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's respectable, right? Uh, if you think about it, uh, and uh, in 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 a few short years. Now, why did you sell, Bobby? What what was the reason for selling it? It, it sounds like it was going really well. You know, it was a per, it was more personal than business related. Um, I had. Um, really just, uh, you know, I read online a whole bunch of places where there's something about the six or seven year mark for entrepreneurs where they get burnt out. And that was, I, I didn't, you know, I thought, oh, well, people are different. But looking back, like that's about the time where I just got burnt out. Um, I was, I, I just wasn't as excited and motivated anymore to continue to, to build the company. Uh, and then uh, a series of conversations happened with my, uh, I had a business partner at the time, and um, it just – I thought I was going to buy him out, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, him and another uh, – somebody else came in and bought me out uh, at the last minute. Uh, they thought it was uh, worth more than, than I did, and, and therefore, they ended up with the company. Okay. And so you had general burnout and you know, sold the company. How, how did you feel after you sold, uh, sold, sold the company? was really nice. I decided to take a year off and really not make any commitments at all and do whatever. I woke up every morning and, and did whatever my heart desired. Uh, and uh, at that time, I lived right on the beach and I just spent a lot of time on the beach and rest, taking naps and, and just relaxing and enjoying life uh, for a year. And really just I'd been working so hard for so long that uh, I think I, I look back now and it really was just a year of just resting and recovering from, from you know, all the hard work I'd put in to the business. So 
Do you think it's possible or do you think it would have been possible to build Vavi without burning yourself out? Or you think it's just part of the territory when you build a business? No, I absolutely uh, think it's possible. And, and that's what I'm doing now. I have a consulting company and um, I advise um, other entrepreneurs on how to go through the startup process. And one of the big pieces, although you know our business really is around writing business plans and helping the uh, startups raise capital, um, one of the things that is motivating for me um, is to help them, you know, coach them through the personal process of it and how do you make sure that you plan uh, the right way so that you're not in a crisis mode all the time and how do you make sure that you have enough capital to do what you need to do. One of the major issues that we had was that we were undercapitalized and so when you're undercapitalized, only way, one of the only ways to overcome that is to, you know, with sweat equity, meaning just put in a lot of extra hours yourself. So there are definitely ways around it. And I've spent the last, you know, uh, five or six years really uh, learning and teaching others how to over, not, how to not get burnt out um, on, when starting a business. So is the Startup Garage is your consulting company? It is, yes. So when did you start that, uh, that business and why did you start it? Yeah, so I started it back in around 2009. Uh, we picked up our first client, so it was about a year after I'd sold the company. And um, I really wanted to – I learned so much through the process of uh, starting and, and running and eventually selling Vavi that um, – and if I had known what I had known at the end, at the beginning, I would have done it very, very differently. And so I wish I had somebody like – me at the beginning to teach me what I teach other entrepreneurs now. So that has been my real motivation. And so for the last five years, I've helped, you know, over a hundred different companies get started um, all over the world, actually. A lot here in San Diego, but uh, we, we help them all over the world as well. So uh, you, you talk about mistakes. So let's talk about, you know, maybe some of the biggest mistake that you made with Vavi, uh, maybe in the beginning or maybe later on in the business, that was a good learning experience for you that maybe our audience could learn from it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, t I mentioned already the undercapitalization problem. Um, you know, I mean, that was a big thing. Like, I was personally not set up, right? So I, di I didn't have a good pay-the-bills plan. And so I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills each month. So I was making business decisions that would lead to me being able to pay my bills when they weren't the best business decisions. Um, and then over time, I just needed some more capital to get the business going, which I didn't take on. And so it made me have to really do things, you know, the, the ways that were just really inefficient because I didn't have the, the money to pay for the right marketing or pay for the, the, the right team um, to put that in place. So that was one of my uh, uh, mistakes. And there's another one I think that's kind of funny. Uh, as I look back now, but the day I launched the company, we had we'd spent all of our marketing dollars on buying these flyers, and um, we had built like a, a, a basically a two or three page website that really was just here's what we're doing. Give us your email and your phone number, and we'll call you and sign you up. You know, it was real basic. And the morning I woke up to go hand out the flyers for the first day, our website was down, and it turned out that. Um, I had registered their website with a, an email address that my mother was still in control of, and she had canceled that email address, so I didn't get the notifications that it needed to be renewed. And um, the day that we launched, we lost vavi.com, 
Oh wow! And, yeah, it was a you know it was one of those. Uh, wow, am I not? Maybe I'm not doing this the right way. Like maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. But by the end of the day, we had regrouped. We had bought govavi.com web domain. We had bought stickers and printed out stickers and put on uh, a new st- a sticker with a new web address on the 5,000 flyers. And uh, you know it was about a 12-hour delay in our, our launch of our business. But uh, it was definitely one of those moments of like, oh no, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> Yeah, so so basically if if you had started Vavi over, what would what, what would be the biggest change that you would make? Would it would it be the capitalization part? Uh you think that was the biggest um I don't know, deterrent or 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 the, what made the business the most difficult for you? What would what would be the one thing that you would do differently? Yeah, I I had a lack of planning. I didn't plan ahead. I didn't really understand the financial part of the business. I really had a big, a, a huge passion for the product, um, but I really didn't understand the financials, and that includes more than just the capitalization, right? It understands how I was going to make money, what are the expenses that it was going to take to actually um, do it the right way, um, and so it was, it was about I didn't put the financial projections together and the business plan together beforehand, um, which would have saved me a lot of headache and heartache and a lot of mistakes if I had had done that before I started the business. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, let's talk about being efficient with your time, especially early on in business. What do you think is the biggest time waster for entrepreneurs? Uh, you know, stuff they shouldn't spend their time on, but they, they do. They insist on spending all their time on. <laughs> well, I can answer this a couple different ways. Um, I think the first thing that pops into my mind is that entrepreneurs end up falling in love with their product or service. And in the big picture of things, the product and service is really only about 5% of building a company. And so uh, I I find entrepreneurs spend so much time just diving in, like doing product development, doing product development, and reiterating and reiterating, which is important, but they ignore all the other parts of the, the business as well. So I think that's probably the the best way to answer that question. Okay. Now, you had ups and downs and you just mentioned losing the vavi.com which, you know, I, I can imagine it would have at least in the short term you would really feel devastated about it. But there are all these ups and downs when you, you run a business. So, how do you deal with or what advice do you have for others to deal with the roller coaster ride of being an entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, it's interesting as I look back to Vavi, I, I wasn't very good at that, right? I was very emotionally driven, and and you know, I was young, right? I was in my 20s and didn't have the like skill sets to to deal with all of that, and so it, it impacted my business and impacted my you know ability to create partnerships and relationships. But as as some now, as I look back, what works for me is you know a really good um, personal practice and uh, focusing in on making health my number one priority. Um, and that, that includes, you know, not only physical health, but mental and spiritual and emotional health as well. And so I have a, you know, a daily practice that I, I, I have in place now that really helps where I get up and I, I either run or walk or get some exercise in the morning. And then I, I, I do between 30 minutes and an hour of meditation and prayer uh, in the morning. And then during the day, I make sure that I um, have a very clear plan. And I take breaks to, to make sure that I'm not getting off track um, and, and kind of in my head about everything. And so that really helps me stay efficient and focused. 
So you are working with entrepreneurs and startups and you know other businesses today, consulting with them. What do you think are maybe the top two or three or maybe even the top area that they need help with? Um, you know, I, I know it's kind of like it's kind of an open question, but what wh- what is it like the one thing that really comes to mind when you think of of these businesses in general? Yeah, I mean, I think that. So there's there's two types of entrepreneurs that I, I generally work with. Um, one is the brand new entrepreneur, um, and one is the serial entrepreneur, and they have different kind of I would say different needs, um, uh, you know, like you're asking. And so for the beginning entrepreneur, the top areas that they they really need help they they have they generally come to me and they say, listen, I've got this great idea for a product or service, and and I really to be if I'm being totally honest, I don't know. How to, what to, how to make this into a business. And so it's really just learning how the whole process works. Um, there are certain, there's a, there's a step-by-step process that really makes sense when you're starting a business. And a lot of times, just understanding what to focus on when changes the whole game for entrepreneurs. They, they start doing things that really don't need to be done for 12 months or 18 months and ignore things that are really important earlier on in the, the process. And so for the for the first time entrepreneurs, the I think the biggest thing is just understanding what to focus on when is probably uh, the biggest area. And for the the serial entrepreneurs that come to us, they generally have gone through the process, so they know you know how it works and everything, and they just need help uh, with you know they just don't have the bandwidth to do the work that we do, the business planning, the financial modeling. They just need a great service provider to provide an objective opinion and really poke holes in their plan so that before they go to investors, um, you know, it's already been picked apart and, and put back together and so that it's, the investors don't have to pick it apart as much. What do you think uh, serial, serial entrepreneurs do, right? I mean, there are people that are struggling just to get the one business off the ground, <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. And there are these others that, you know, every f- five, ten years or so, or maybe even more frequently, they start a new business. And they, they kn- there is something, they have that, that it, you know. And, and I'm sure it's, it's, hard, it's so hard to put your finger on. What, what is it that makes somebody just get it, you know, what, get what it takes to build a business, sell it, move on to the next one or whatever. What, what do you think that, that it is for you know, I'm sure it's not one thing, but but what 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 comes to mind when you think of a serial entrepreneur that is successful over and over and over? You know, I'll, this is my my opinion, and I'm sure many people disagree with me. But having worked with so many people, um, I, I I really think it has little to do with the business and more their personal um, uh, practices, their uh, personal beliefs. Uh, of who they are, and really, ultimately, their kind of spiritual um, uh, grounding. Um, I, I find that the ones that are most successful um, have something that, that that grounds them in life, and it was able to put everything in perspective, whether that be, um, you know, religion or God or, or something along those lines, or, you know, something, uh, just, just a deep spiritual path um, and a, a spiritual practice um, has been my experience of the ones that uh, are able to do it over and over and over. And because no one knows all the things in business and nobody is good at all the areas of business. Um, and so that's, you know, everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses. And, and entrepreneurs, 
I, I see them in all shapes and sizes with all different strengths and weaknesses. And those that doesn't correlate to success or failure. Um, it's really about who they are and their and their personal lives and are able to overcome the challenges and really uh, create um, what they envision. So if if somebody and I'm talking about a first time entrepreneur. Uh, if somebody came to you and, and you know they had a job but they had an idea for a business, what would be the first thing that you would teach that person to kind of help them start the right way about becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, so the first thing I would say is don't quit your job. Um, it's definitely a lot of people are like you know want to know when that is, and that's definitely way way longer after you start a business. Um, uh, as you can want to hang on to your job as long as you can because that takes care of the bills. Um, the place that I tell them to start is uh, the research, right? And so specifically, industry research, market research, and competitor research. Um, generally, they have an idea, a new idea, and they, they haven't seen it, but they sometimes are going into an industry they're not that familiar with. They don't know all the different types of competitors, and they don't know who their target market is. So this is probably one of the lengthiest pieces of the puzzle and, and could spend one to six months even on this process, depending on how much time, you know, a day or a week that you're able to put into it. Um, and it's really not a piece that you want to skip out on. Uh, it's not the most exciting piece where you're just researching and reading and learning about what other people are doing. But man, it is valuable down the road if you don't skip this step. Okay. Um, do you have a, is there a book or maybe a couple of books that you recommend for people to do this or, or that would help entrepreneurs? You know, there's a couple books that um, I really like um, that are good for really, you know, kind of the first time entrepreneur. Um, one's called E-Myth um, and then one is called Duct Tape Marketing. And E-Myth is about building systems, which um, a business is just a, a set of systems as to how I look at it, um, along with some other things. But at, at its core, it's a lot of systems. And so understanding that and how to put that together is really critical. And then most people at the beginning stages fail at the marketing side of things. They're unable to get traction uh, for a number of different reasons, and they don't know why they're not getting traction. And duct tape marketing provides a really basic understanding of marketing that uh, I thought uh, is a good place for someone to start who's really new at this whole entrepreneurial gig. Well, uh, Tyler, uh, thanks very much for coming online and uh, share your story about Vavi and, uh, and your consulting business as well. How can people connect with you if they have questions or they just want to check out your, uh, your site? Yeah, absolutely. Our, our website is thestartupgarage.com, uh, all one word, thestartupgarage.com, or um, they can email me at tyler at thestartupgarage.com. Uh, as well. Those are the best ways to get a hold of me. Happy to uh, answer any questions or uh, you know, guide anyone down the, the path of entrepreneurship. So everyone out there, thank you for listening and be sure to say hi to Tyler at thestartupgarage.com. Thank you, Tyler. Hey, thanks so much, George. Really appreciated it.